Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, hello there and welcome. It's Wednesday night here on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com, slash, slash Fightful. Are you subscribed, by the way, to, to, to YouTube.com slash Fightful? If you're not, fix that right now. Just click the subscribe button because then you get to see uh, every week. You get you, you, It gets in your feed and you never forget to watch the Wednesday Night Wars podcast. That we do every Wednesday, talking about NXT, talking about AEW Dynamite, with me, Mr. Warren Hayes, and also with two fantastic colleagues that I have here. One of them being a man who hangs out over on FightfulSelect.com, which, by the way, is a great place if you want to get all sorts of extra content from Fightful people. Excellent, top-notch, primo content. And it also supports everything that we do here on Fightful because it's a subscription service. So you get the free site, but then you get the paid stuff where you, you get all sorts of extra stuff. Sean, Sean Ross Sapp does a, a weekly backstage report. You have Sh- Steven Jensen who does uh, report uh, reports on non-WWE happenings during the week. Uh, and then, of course, you have Q&A sessions. You have extra content from the list and your boy. You have all sorts of stuff. And... The, the crowning achievement, like the, 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 the castle on top of, of Hill Fightful Select is inhabited by the king of sourness himself, Alex Pulowski, who reviews Raw and SmackDown, but on Wednesdays, he's not very sour, he's very happy. How you doing, Alex, tonight? Q&A episode, there is a, 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 something on the Fightful Select, you go there, 
and you can ask a question, uh, uh, and I will answer it. Bill, big old uh, Q and A episode because I tried to do one last weekend, but my microphone cut out and I couldn't get it to work. So technology is my friend uh, and yours because now I get to do a full episode. Now, there you go. And, and technology still wasn't your friend tonight, Alex, as people in the chat were advising me that your mic was muted. And that's that's your boy again. Hey, you know, at least we didn't start early this week, right? <laughs> you know, hooray for small victories. As Anakin JMT left a super chat. Thank you, Anakin, saying no early start, sad face. Well, you know, those those will happen. We got to keep them rare so that they'll stay special. And uh, you know who else is special? Louis Dangor, who's over here uh, hanging out uh, with us over from Wrestle Talk. Anakin left us another super chat earlier, and he said, "Warren, make sure to say this in your best Cena impression." Well, yeah, my Cena impression oddly sounds like Vince McMahon, but here we goes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Quizzlemania champ is here. That's right, Louis Dangor. Won at Quizzlemania today. Congratulations, Louis. How do you feel, champ? Yeah, I feel I feel good. I text uh, Sean. I told him my booking fee has gone uh, considerably higher since since my win. Nearly didn't show up tonight. Just thought, you know what, I'm gonna skip it. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, it, it, it felt good to win to prove I am the genius that I. Uh, I uh, proclaim to be so no, but I'm looking forward to chatting AW and NXT with you guys. Well, uh, there's a lot to talk about again tonight, folks. Uh, thank you again for for joining us. Consider giving the video a, a like, uh, a thumbs up here on YouTube if you're watching right now. Share the link out. That stuff is always appreciated, and it's a really really simple way to show your support for what we do here. It really really helps out. Before we get into it, of course, we learned today that. Uh, Joseph Laurinaitis, also known as Road Warrior Animal, passed away today at uh, the age of 60 years old. Uh, well, he passed away yesterday. We learned about it today. Apologies on that. Um, and um, whether you've known him as the Road Warriors or the Legion of Doom, he was part of one of the most iconic tag teams in uh, in all of wrestling, dating all the way back to the 80s. They debuted back in 1983. He and uh, and Hawk and became one of the most celebrated and uh, much copied, but uh, never completely, uh, never completely Im- uh, much imitated. But uh, uh, a lot of people tried to do the same, just couldn't quite get it done. Uh, this is a tag team that, uh, well, he won along with Hawk, AWA Tag Team champions, cha- Championships, and in the NWA as well, WWF. It's a sad day for anyone who is uh, uh, who grew up with the Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors. And uh, all of our best wishes and condolences to his surviving family members. So who won tonight, fellas? AEW or NXT? That's always the question that we ask to start this off. Louis, who do you pick? Um, I'd probably I'd probably say uh, NXT. Based on what happened in the main event, I'd say NXT. Alex? NXT, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. NXT winning tonight and just before we jump into it Stephen Engblorn Blorn yes the R and the N together looks like an M but it, I think it's Engblorn thank you very much says congrats to Nugget on winning Quizzlemania way to win despite botching the final question hashtag FTF Nugget huh 
So Adam, who runs the quiz, gave us all retribution style crap mm-hmm. names. So someone was Q-tip. Mm-hmm. Someone was Splosion. And yours was <laughs> Nugget. Someone was Point Blade or Pain Blade. Well, look, pain Blade. All that matters, Louis. Nugget. Between you and I, all that matters is that yours was Nugget. We'll hang on to that one. We, we still, we still don't know who Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez are. I'm hoping, uh, I'm, I'm holding out hope for Typhoid and Scoop Scoop. <laughs> All right, Alex, let's get going. We're going to start with the uh, with the women's battle royal uh, to determine the number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. Um, earlier today, before any of this started, Alex, Candice LeRae took out Tegan Knox. She attacked her legs, her knees. Crushed him with a with a road case. Uh, took her out of the battle royal, essentially, Alex. Uh, I mean, you don't go around breaking uh, breaking the Gargano's television sets or pouring spaghetti sauce everywhere. Clearly, no, no, that was obviously uh, certainly well deserved. Uh, Candice Ray entirely in the right. After you break somebody's television, anything that happens to you after that is perfectly legal. Um, yeah, this was dastardly. Uh, presents Candice as the definite heel and uh, her going on, oh, spoiler alert, going on to win the, the Battle Royal then gets her uh, uh, two storylines coming out of that. One, facing Io Shirai for the title and two, Tegan Knox's retribution. I should probably come up with a better word for that because that's been stained. Uh, Tegan Knox's justifiable payback uh, coming toward, uh, toward uh, Candice in the future. So the match, uh, the match occurred. Uh, of course, it was a battle royal. I'm not going to go through every uh, detail because we could be here for a while. But uh, the main talking points, I think, Alex, uh, Rhea, uh, Rhea uh, Ripley and Reina Gonzalez. See what I almost did there, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they had elimination streaks. Uh, Katie Karen and Zaro landed on her ass and scooched her way back into the ring. Well, she had the she had the Kofi near elimination spots, basically, right? Um, uh, and, it's stupid. Uh, what's that? It's very stupid. Well, you know, you know, it's it's it, it it's sports entertainment. I was sports entertained by that. Um, and uh, so th- those are the main talking points. Rhea and Reina eliminate each other. Uh, our final five are Indy Hartwell, Casey Catanzaro, Candice LeRae, and Shot uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Dakota Kai. Uh, Hartwell tries to toss uh, Casey Catanzaro, but gets rounded to the floor. Candice and uh, Dakota Kai team up to eliminate Catanzaro. Shotzi dodges a kick from Dakota Kai, and she gets thrown out. So our final two are Candice and Shotzi. And they end up on the stairs. Candice leg presses Shotzi off the stairs to the floor. We're we're getting Io versus Candice. It's not a fresh match, but it's a fresh... It's a match I'm looking forward to see, Alex. Well, it's a it's a match with the roles reversed, which is always interesting. Because mm-hmm. when 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 they fought before, they had that amazing match takeover. Uh, it was Candice firmly as the babyface, and Io as the dastardly heel who had turned on her best friend. Um, uh, the match uh, was was actually a lot of fun. There were a lot of people in it that I had never seen before. Like I'm pretty sure we're making their debu- debut on TV, um, and I was like. I don't mean to quibble, but technically, should these women even be in a number one contenders battle royal if I've never seen them on television before? Like, can't we can't we keep it to people who have, you know, wins under their belt on television before they're actually in a 
just to dispense with all the kayfabe BS. Um, speaking of kayfabe BS, um, I am fine. You, you you get tossed out, and one foot lands on the floor, but the other one doesn't. I'm cool. No 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 problems here. Uh, you want to walk around on your hands? That's a little more egregious, but I'll allow it. If your entire back lands on the ground, you're out. I'm sorry, you're out. That's stupid. It's two feet on the floor, Alex. They remind us this at every Royal Rumble season. Alex, are you telling me that when Royal Rumble season is going to come up, WWE is going to have to re-explain the rules of the Battle Royal for you? Because clearly they're not coming across here. They're going to have to throw people over the top rope to show us, you know, just to make sure that we get the rules. You, 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 You jump to the barricade, cool. You, you're on the steps, fine. You land on somebody else and use them to walk around, okay. Your entire back is landing on the... You're out. You just are. Everybody knows you're out. It's like they just have to come up with more and more unforgivably egregious ways to get around. The one rule is both feet have to touch at the same time. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You can't do this anymore. It's just it's ridiculous. Now... Um, I, I love the storyline they're, they're leading to it because Rhea Ripley and Reina, and Reina Gonzalez, uh, having a, ha- they need to have their match, do it at TakeOver. I'm fine with that. Just just them for eight and a half minutes punching the bejesus out of each other's faces. Just do that and I'll be fine. Um, uh, we, we get, we get uh, T- Dakota Kai versus Shotzi in a, in a match that has a lot of potential next week. That's cool. And uh, Candice LeRae versus EO is the is the match coming out of this. That's cool. Plus, as we said, Candice and Tegan is going to be a, a fire match down the line as well. All of the good things were, were you know were uh, packaged here. We get good storylines coming out of it. This is the what a battle royal should be. It should give you no less than three storylines coming out, depending on who eliminates who. I'm totally fine with this. This is good. Remember, folks, to leave us a super chat. I don't I don't think I mentioned it, but a lot of you already know the routine. If you want your question or comment read live on the air, I will do that. I've already started, but, you know, I just wanted to underscore that you can you can leave us a super chat and I will gladly do it, such as Evan Wright, who left a super chat, because I think, Alex, you opened up a box, a, a Pandora's box here. He says, Alex. No, I'm, I'm consistent here. <laughs> Alex, what if you land on a plate of pancakes? You're out. Anakin GMT left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. He says, Alex, Kofi landed on the ground, but his feet were on the steps and he wasn't out. I was on record at the time. He should have been out. You can, go, go look it up. Go look it up. <laughs> not, 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 okay, not okay with it. Just across the board. I'm, I, yeah. Nope. I, I've been pretty clear. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have a promo backstage with Damian Priest. Uh, who's going to be fighting Johnny Gargano at TakeOver for the North American title, and he's facing Austin Theory tonight. Uh, and um, he says Theory is going to slide, and he kind of hits on Zara Schreiber, I think. But a little later on, we get Austin Theory, who counters his promo, uh, but uh, saying that you know, he's not sliding, whatever, whatever. But Johnny Gargano pops in frame. How can he be sliding? He's doing bicep curls while while that doing a promo. Good. Like, how could he be sliding? I, he's you know? he's always all day, right? All day. Johnny mm-hmm. Gargano comes in and he gives him some advice, and he hopes that he will soften Damian Priest up. The match happens a little later on, but since we're talking about it right now, Alex, let's talk yeah. about Damian Priest versus Austin Theory. Priest actually defeated mm-hmm. Austin Theory uh, tonight. Priest starts off with a lariat and a standing moonsault. Priest reels out of a fireman's carry and uh, hits uh, Theory with a flatliner. 
There, uh, he follows in with some strikes. He does a throwing falcon arrow on Theory as well. Theory uh, ducks a, a, a cyclone kick and hits a blue thunder bomb. They go onto the floor. Priest hits a hits the cyclone kick this time and a razor's edge on the apron. Gets Theory back in the ring and hits the reckoning for the pin. After the match, as Priest is celebrating, Johnny Gargano blindsides blindsides him with a super kick. Uh, what did you think of all of this, Alex? Okay, Austin Theory got destroyed by two men, two different matches, back to back weeks. He oversold for Bronson Reed, like really, really made it look like he was getting the, the absolute piss beaten out of him. And then Kushida took Righteous Fury against uh, against Austin Theory with his new uh, gimmick that I talked about last week. Um, uh, Austin Theory reward for just looking like he's brutalized two weeks in a row is to get a match versus the North American champion. I mean, it wasn't a title match, but that's more exposure than he deserves. And he looked so bad against Bronson Reed and Kushida that him looking good against Damian Priest doesn't make Austin Theory look good. It makes Priest look bad. That was a that was a weird decision. It was like you were in the doghouse for two weeks, kid, Austin Theory, but now we're gonna let you look good against Priest. But like that's what it reads to me because he he was he was booked so horribly in those two matches versus Reed and Kushida that him looking good in this match doesn't make any sense. Unless you're trying to tell me that Priest isn't as good as Kushida and Bronson Reed, which fair play, I, I might I might agree with you there, but that's not what you should be booking your champion as. Also, they really messed up by having Gargano be announced out of the blue as Priest's opponent for TakeOver when you could have announced it during the broadcast tonight after he sucker attacked Damian Priest because he wants a title match. And Priest says, you want your title match? You got it. And that's how you announce mm-hmm. it. Because before, if you announced the thing earlier in the day like they did, and when, when Johnny Gargano comes up to Austin Theory and says, hey, you should, you know... Try try and soften him up for me, like it it, it just it telegraphs the the post match attack, which is never good. You want those to be a genuine surprise. If we had heard nothing from Johnny Gargano, not not about him being the 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 new contender or him talking to Theory before the, before the match, and he attacked Priest out of nowhere, that's much better because it's a genuine surprise and makes us want to see that match that hasn't been announced yet. Then they announce it, and we're interested. When they announced Gargano out of the blue for no reason as the next contender, I was like, okay, I guess. But if it had come after this surprise attack, I might have been excited for it. Also, no interest in next week's uh, uh, Candice and Johnny versus EO and Priest match. Uh, Mixed tag matches in WWE are terrible. Oh, you tagged my partner in, so I guess I better tag out. Like, uh... Well, just to to make sure that everyone knows what we're talking about, a little later on in the evening... Io uh, Shirai is having an interview backstage, uh, and uh, she's talking about her takeover challenger in Japanese, but uh, she denies she was ever friends with Candice. The Garganos come in with Johnny saying that uh, he doesn't know what she said, but he doesn't like it, and I kind of like this, you know, this snide little Johnny Gargano, and uh, Damien Priest comes in. He's pissed off. Everyone starts to fight, so yeah, that's going to lead to a mixed match. A mix match challenge, mix match match, mix mix match mix person people. Intergender match, but it's not really intergender because they don't. The women and men don't fight each other. That's the thing. Mixed gender. So, 
mixed match challenge match. <laughs> Aaron Entertainment. Uh, well, actually, Evan Wright first left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. Says, why is this North American title match happening again? Also, Damian Priest isn't doing it for me. Doesn't deserve EO as a tag partner next week. Uh, thank you for that, Evan. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Carrion uh, Cross being taken out through and uh, Keith Lee being called up really soon probably threw a wrench in a couple of plans, wouldn't you say, Louis? Yeah, and obviously there were reports, I think Sean reported and John Alba reported that there was a a, uh, a couple of positive COVID tests in NXT. Obviously, we don't want to speculate who they were, but um, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if they led to a lot of, I think it's even been reported, there was a lot of creative changes as a result. I think Dave Meltzer said it on Twitter today. So, uh whether the card at TakeOver and even the card tonight is the one that we would have got if everyone was available. Dominic Dijako, uh, sorry, not Dominic Dijako, hopefully he, would, he uh, wouldn't have been called up, but Keithy wouldn't have been yeah. called up and Killer Cross wouldn't have been injured. Uh, I very much doubt that this is uh, the, exactly what uh, NXT uh, had planned for this uh, upcoming TakeOver. Aaron Entertainment left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Aaron Entertainment. He asks, are we starting to see too many takeovers? That's a very interesting question. Alex, you want to field this one? I mean, there used to be a, there used to be only four a mm-hmm. year, right? Like, basically, and they would have a lot of buildup over the course of several weeks. One hour a show every every Wednesday to build it up. And so it felt like it was really, it was really building to something. They were allowed to take their time, really build these feuds. They'd have, like... Feuds that would like that would build, and then they they'd pay off on a regular show, and then the next feud would come in off after that and build with the takeover. Now it feel it does feel like they're having one every six weeks, and it feels like they're it it may be too much. If only because we're seeing things like, um, well, we don't really have time to build a real challenger for Damian Priest, so Johnny Gargano gets a title match because it's Johnny Gargano, as opposed to actually doing something to build it over the course of several weeks. But that's what they do. I don't like saying this every week. It's becoming Wednesday Night mm-hmm. Raw. Like, that's what they do on the main roster, where they just, like, say, hey, you get a title shot out of nowhere because because we said so. Or we know we said there's no more automatic rematches, but automatic rematch. I mean, like, it, there's just weird things like that. And, and you, I think that the answer is yes. We're starting to see too many. I don't know if this is a thing that they're doing only because it's COVID right now and they're not they're not being able to do it at the at the bigger arenas or whatever. Um, but it's 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 starting to look like that. To the me. Lion Drive left us a super chat. Thank you very much. And he posits this thought: I feel this year NXT has had to fill event gaps uh, with uh, NXT UK shutting down and no Saudi shows. Um, maybe, but I mean, there's they're not making the. They're not making Saudi money running NXT takeover. I think, I think the biggest thing is AEW, regardless of Saudi or NXT UK. A lot of the decisions that NXT has made with regards to uh, the uh, the uh, the Great American Bash shows that ran alongside Fighter Fest, uh, a lot of it is all based around what AEW is doing and counter programming. That I'm sure even this 
takeover is to try and boost the numbers because they normally get a little bit of a boost around takeovers. So uh, I think that the majority of it is the changes that would have been made to uh, a uh, to NXT programming have been brought on by just the fact that they're going up against AEW. William Regal is joins Fandango, who is dressed as Sherlock Holmes, and he's trying to make a tag team situation. He's trying to create a match in the greatest British accent ever. I think, you know, all of our British friends here on the panel will agree that it was mm, cordon bleu. And here I am using French expressions to talk about British ones. Uh, but basically, we're setting up some tag team matches during the evening where you have um, Birch, Danny Birch and Roderick Strong on one team and Raul Mendoza and Fabian Agner on the other. The winners of that, uh, uh, the, the, the winning team, excuse me, will then face each other in a singles match and the winner of that singles match will then have their tag team fight for the NXT Tag Team Championships at TakeOver. Um is this our new dusty classic? <laughs> this 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 is a, a great way of getting around um, possible, maybe not COVID diagnoses. I don't want to say anything, but I'm just saying because very conspicuous in their absences are half of all the tag teams, including Tyler Breeze missing. Um so, uh, but I love that Fandango explains it, and it's a blink and you miss it thing. His whiteboard has all their names, but wrong. <laughs> like, he spells Danny Birch wrong. He calls him Uno Lorkin, Billy Fish, um, Robert Strong. My favorite two, though, are <laughs> there's also Marty Barty, which is good, and uh, Fabio Acne, and Quinoa Wild is up there. Quinoa Wild is fantastic. Um, <laughs> And again, if you don't actually freeze your thing at the right moment, you'll miss it. But my favorite part of all of this is him trying to explain it to Regal, who has no idea what he's talking about. He turns and looks to Danny Birch, who uses Cockney rhyming slang to explain it to Regal. He's like, oh, quite right. And that's, that's it. And I thought, that's great. Can we get Danny Birch as a guy who translates things for, for Regal in Cockney rhyming slang over and over again. He referred to Eichner as the Sherman, which of course means German, but he's not. He's Italian. He's just got a German last name. I love all of this. It's comedy gold. It's accidental comedy gold. Tommaso Ciampa uh, beat the hell out of Jake Atlas again this week. Uh, they go at each other, and early on, Atlas is in control until, until Ciampa just lariats his head off let's just call it let's just call it what they, what it what it was um atlas hits a pump knee right in champa's face goes up top but champa just you know strolls away uh he uh, he eats a kick uh but then uh, champa eats a moonsault to the floor back in the ring champa hits the willow's bell goes for the cover interrupts the pin himself and to uh to deliver a spinning fairy tale ending um I like this, Alex. Me, I'm, I'm all for. Look, I'm all for Tommaso Ciampa being back as a full blown heel. Yep. I think, I think we deserve that as wrestling fans. And I am all for him coming in and smashing fools. I'm completely okay with this situation. Give me your thoughts. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with it too. Um, he also is like they're, they're not giving him a lot of mic time right now, but he's he if, if he ever gets to cut another daddy's home type promo in front of the full sale crowd, 
um, there's a there's a lot there that he's got he's got to, to be angry about. Like I still haven't gotten my real fair shake at getting back the title that I gave up willingly when I got hurt, and that pisses me off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like all that stuff. The stuff with Johnny getting ending because his damn wife hit me in the nuts, and that that's how that happens. That I have to go up against this maniac carrying cross, and everybody forgot about me. Oh, bye bye, Champa. We didn't we didn't miss you at all. No, 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 no. Daddy's home, and he's and he's done playing nice. I think that there's a really great way to him for him to be justified in all of his anger. Um, also, uh, yeah, just you know, reckon fools. There's there's a lot of people in that lower tier um, uh, uh, of NXT that can get wrecked, and 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 then move on from it later. Sure. Brunson Brunson Reed was in that lower tier like six months ago. Where I was like, you know what? If they give that guy an actual push, he there could be something there. And then they did, and now he's in a, a, a fatal five way or whatever you how gauntlet eliminator match to become number one contender for the for the title. And there was a point in there where I was like, we might actually see it, and it wouldn't shock me. So like, there's things like Jake Atlas with a little bit more seasoning and a push behind him in six months could be cruiserweight champion or whatever. So there's there's no reason to think that the guys are being buried. By being destroyed by being destroyed by an angry Tommaso Ciampa, I think this is all very good. I think it's very good as well. Um, next, we have a Ridge Holland promo, or uh, or at least a vignette. And again, this match happens a little later on, but uh, let's yeah. just ease on into it. Ridge Holland defeated Antonio De Lucia. If you didn't write down the name, there was no way you uh, you would have remembered it because that guy just got destroyed. Over the uh, overhead belly to belly, head butts in the corner, northern grit. Alex, he Ridge Holland just ain't doing it for me. No. Well, they're not. They're not doing anything. It's with not. It. You know what I but mean? They're like pushing them as a big deal. Like they're giving them the vignettes. They're doing. The, hey, I was right. a rugby guy. I like to hurt people. I want to keep hurting people, but like get paid for actually hurting people. And I'm. Like, I'm right. not well, getting it. That's something they could play on. Like, I want to get paid for hurting people. So if you have the right guy being uh, a champion, like literally passing this dude envelopes to take out their next challenger, I think that's a really cool thing for Rich Holland being a one-man APA, like where they where he just sits, sits backstage and instead of smoking cigars and playing poker, he's like, what do they do? Eat fish and chips? Like what? Whatever, whatever it is you do in Britain. Whoa! You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that was that offensive? I don't. I didn't mean to be xenophobic. I'm just oh, saying. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Whatever it is that that you want to make him be, you know, British. Maybe he's eating crisps. I don't know what it is that you guys do over there. But um, uh, yeah, that. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Like you could do something with him. Right now, I'm not sold on him because he wears a flat cap and a trench coat and carries around a big black dildo. I'm not sold on him as just that. You need to do something else with him beyond that. But he certainly is intimidating looking enough and can toss people around with great abandon in the ring. You know, like, let's see what they do with it after this point. Evan Wright left us a super chat. says, Ridge Holland, more like Fridge Holland, cold, cold AF. <laughs> he's cold he is cold air um um let's go through a few more excuse me I re- that really made me laugh 
Um, uh, let's go through a couple of super chats here. Uh, circling back to uh, Fandango here, Evan Wright had left us another super chat. Thank you again, Evan. Says straight out of BTE type skit, and I loved it. Yeah, it did have yeah. like that uh, very, uh, very uh, uh, vlog style of that they use on BTE. I, and you know what? Sometimes WWE can benefit from not having always over polished, over produced segments. That's very true. They could do a li- they could make with a little grittier things and it would probably help stuff. Yeah, it was it. just funny. And but it, the, the majority of times the charity do comedy, it doesn't work because it's not funny. Mm-hmm. But this was genuinely funny and it wasn't in your face funny where like Alex said with the names if that was on the main roster, they'd be calling the, the names would be drilled into you fifty times a second. Right. Like, oh, look at this! Look at this! Look at this! But Did was... you see Fandango's whiteboard? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna make sure and they point that it out. Said, to it over I mean, time. he said It's rare I'm gonna stick up for them, but the sight gags that they had when they were doing the fashion police, and they oh, were yeah. sight gags. Uh, main, the commentary didn't drive them home. You had no, they, to be no, paying attention. No, no, they did not. That, to, to, to their credit, that was also a different era of SmackDown. Yes, um, that's and, very true. And, and Brizongo was by far the best thing about about that time. Absolutely, in my opinion. that should have been a network series or a YouTube series. It really should have been. Oh my god, it really should have been missed opportunity. But uh, you know, I guess they tried to get that brass ring. That brass ring, guys. They just yeah. tried. Tay Boogie left us a super chat. Uh, thank you very much. Talking a bit of more, um, some more about the uh, the takeover, uh, the fact that uh, that there are a lot of takeovers. He says uh, Tampa was pushed back. Uh, Tampa was pushed back. Made takeovers seem like they're happening back to back. We're not on pace for five, so it's not really much of a difference. And JJ Lee left us another super chat as well in that regard. Thank you, JJ Lee. Saying five takeovers this year, one worlds collide. Also, so there's... I, I I will say that you are correct that there are not a crazy amount. It does feel like they've been very in very quick succession because they're making up for lost time. Um, so I'm fine with it if they want to t- stick around five or six a year. You know what I mean? And that if they're spread out equally, as opposed to what it feels like now, which is like every month a takeover, which is not what we need because you, you done took over. If you're doing it every month, you don't need to take anything over. You're already there. Anakin, uh, GMT left us a super chat as well. Thank you again, Anakin, for the super chat. Uh, he, he asks, Louis, what do you eat in the UK if not fish and chips? We do eat fish and chips, to be fair. It was a very fair <laughs> representation on Alex's Um So, uh, so we we do get the match between uh, a Strong uh, Roderick Strong and Danny Birch versus uh, Fabian Eichner and uh, Raul Mendoza. Was uh, started up fast. I thought the match had a really good pace. Um, uh, Birch was beating the hell out of Mendoza, who finally drags him off the second rope. And uh, then the heels are able to take over, and Birch is your baby face in peril for this match. There's some good chemistry uh, in the heel side uh, on the heel side during this match. Uh, Strong eats, uh, gets a hot tag, hits an Olympic slam, but walks into a spine buster by Aikner. And I will say it every time I see it: Fabian Aikner has a hell of a spine buster. Uh, oh, oh, we'll talk about one of those later. Yes, we yep. shall. Strong, oh, that's a- oh for sure. Strong, uh, strong gets some knee strikes in. 
Uh, Birch cutters Mendoza off the uh, turnbuckle and covers him for the win. Uh, fast match. I thought the, the action was solid here. Not much to complain about. These are all people that I like that was in this ring, and they all delivered. Alex, what were your thoughts? And, and I, I really enjoyed the weird stakes to it. Like, you you want to team up with the guy. You want to help the guy you're teaming with now so later you can kick his ass so you can get a tag team title shot. I think that's really interesting. Like, it's cool that, like, again, sometimes WWE comes up with the most creative shit when their backs are against the wall. So if literally everybody's missing a partner because they're sick with some disease, but we're not going to talk about that, um, uh, then you could do this, which is totally interesting. And I actually really liked the way that Strong and Birch played off each other. Um, there, there was a while there when Birch was in the ring fighting Eichner, and they're both wearing black trunks. They're both bald white men around the same height. It took <laughs> me a second to figure out who was hitting who. Um, it did feel like it was like some weird like B movie where they were about clones, where they can't afford to hire twins. They just hired two guys who look kind of alike. Um, this this was fun. Um, I, I did. This is one of the times I've really missed it, Nigel McGuinness. Because he loved calling Danny Birch matches, he he knew all these all these like terms for like, specifically British style like strong style terms for these things he would do. And the 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 cutter off the top rope is the, called the Tower of London apparently. And when Nigel McGuinness calls it, he can't not call it Tower of London. Like he has to call it like in that crazy. And I thought I, I, when he when he did it, I was like, oh, I miss Nigel. Um, I, uh, I thought this was all, um, really good and I'm totally down for a, a, a Daddy Birch versus Roderick Strong title match, considering again, all of these implications that can happen, uh, at TakeOver with the UE, uh, and one particular guy being left out is very interesting to me. JJ Lee left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Um, says glad there was no infighting with Strong and Birch. Be professional to get to the match yep. next week. I mean, that's what like we that want, Alex and Louis, right? That's what we want. We want stakes that make sense and then and then that the wrestlers act like the stakes are important. Right. That's all we want. Yeah, I mean, you want you want you, you've got a collective goal. So working together makes sense. It's like, yeah. hey, let's work together to so we can win this match. To, to, totally makes sense. Uh, I hate that infighting when you've got a common purpose. Absolutely, I agree. I'm, Alex... I'm giving I'm giving oh. Evan a free one here. Uh, Evan, right on the in the chat, uh, lets me know. Tower of London was Nigel's finisher when he wrestled, so that's why he's he's the energy is so good when he sees somebody else hit a good Tower of London on somebody. That's that's awesome. I did not realize that. Mea culpa for not knowing that, that was Nigel's finisher. That's amazing that 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 he carries that through when he calls matches too. Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Evan. Says, give me, it gives me big Bucks versus Jurassic Express vibes. Work together to get a pay-per-view payday slash work together to get a title match. Execution was fine. Yeah, we saw that recently. And that uh, it just makes matches come together. Sometimes you don't need complicated, convoluted storylines to make something happen. Alex, there was a robot voice and someone walking around with some night vision goggles saying that something is coming back on October 4. What the hell is going on? Is, Retri- is Retribution getting high tech now? What's what's <laughs> happening? I, I don't know. Somebody was like, you know, what, it's, who do you think is coming back? 
and I said, well, j- just just from the font alone, I would guess Neo from the Matrix. Like I don't I don't know making his NXT return. I, possibly. I mean, did did he ever really leave? I mean, who knows? We're, <laughs> we're all in a simulation right now. I to me, it'd be really happy. I'd be really really. I think it'd be hilarious if it was Bo Dallas who came back, who suddenly like has this, you know, who found the, the gear in, in Bray's swamp dive, you know, all this militia gear that he's like, hey, gonna go mess some stuff up. I like it. Uh, we also got an Isaiah Swerve Scott segment calling out Santos Escobar. Cool beans. But let's talk about the main event. The Gauntlet Eliminator started off with uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida giving us, um, us wrestling nerds uh, some uh, some some throwbacks to their 2016 Best of Super Juniors match. They traded some submission attempts at first, some mat wrestling tying each other up. This is this was par for the course. This is something we all wanted to see, and it was good. And then Bronson Reed uh, comes in. They start going strong style on each other as Bronson Reed comes in. Uh, he tries to double Samoan drop the guys, but instead he eats a double. They being Kyle O'Reilly and Reed they eat a double springboard elbow by Kushida. Uh, there's a lot of shenanigans that uh, that happen as they try, as K- Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida try to knock Bronson Reed off the top rope. But the ref is distracted, and guess who pops in? Velveteen Dream with a death, uh, Dream Valley driver. Excuse me. Must preserve the branding since he's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that allows Bronson Reed to, uh, to uh, hit the big splash on Kushida. And pin our boy, Kushida, who was taken out within the first four minutes of this match, Alexander. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not particularly pleased. I mean, it. it listen, it furthers the storyline. It's Dream versus Kushida. Probably going to get that match to take over. The only possible way that works is if Kushida wins. So. At least we're going to get that eventually, and hopefully we'll get a Kushida title run at some point. Can we pl- can, can we please at some point? I'm not be- I'm not asking for too much, am I? Please? I don't think so, guys. Kushida could be on pay per view. This hasn't happened. This is a blessing. He's, be- he's been with NXT for eighteen it's, months. It's true. Let's take the wins where we can. Sorry, not even not even on takeover. He's in a feud. Yeah. This is true. He hasn't had that in 18 months. One of the best wrestlers in the world. It's staggering they've done nothing with him. But I'm just excited to see him in a feud with something to bite his teeth into. Yeah. Well, you know, there there, there are some people who do feel deflated about it. Uh, the, uh, of course. Um, the line drive left us a super chat. Thank you very much for the super chat line drive. Says that Dreaming NXT is literally a walking wet fart in an elevator. Everything he touches, he kills the mood. There is no value in him, given the detailed accusations. It's killing NXT by insisting on it. And Evan Wright uh, left us a super chat as well. Uh, thank you, Evan, along the same lines, saying, Dream interfering took the air out of my sails, man. Um, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, and, and you have to wonder with the great numbers NXT has been doing uh, in, in um, uh, on ratings uh, these days, you have to wonder uh, just how many people aren't aware of what's going on as oh, opposed to those who are. I, I, I would the say the, the, the vast majority of people who watch NXT even regularly have no clue because like 
there's we think everyone's on social media, everyone's reading the dirt sheets. They're not, so people don't know. And it's it, the people. A lot of people are like, like if if you watched Velveteen Dream before all the stuff became public, and you were a huge fan of his, as a lot of people were, and you still are ignorant of that stuff coming to light, you're still a huge fan of his. You know, like. Uh, why wouldn't you be? What what has changed other than he's a heel now? But then you get, you love to root against him. Like I don't know. Like it's yeah. We are in such a niche bubble. I think sometimes we do forget that that we are the very much the minority, the vocal minority, but the minority in these things where a lot of people just don't know. And as Alex said, we have just seen Velveteen Dream, a character who, let's be honest, was once very over people touting as oh he should go to the main roster he was incredibly over so people that don't know that will just be watching thinking yeah great let's see velveteen dream back on tv yep thatcher comes in next and gets most of his initial offense during the commercial then uh we have uh we have cameron grimes who comes in starts moonsaulting anywhere everywhere uh there's a lot of great stuff here um, uh, that happens during this match. I thought I, I thought it was I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I spe- I particularly enjoyed Alex how they're really building Bronson Reed as a monster because everyone mm-hmm. gangs up on him. They don't seem to be able to to take him down by themselves, and he dominated right up until uh, right up until his elimination. He was uh, he was just manhandling everyone. He was in control. Yeah, they, they, listen, when they gave him his own, like, Tron, where, where he's, like, walking through downtown Tokyo, stepping on buildings and stuff, like, he's now the colossal Bronson Reed, they, they have plans for him. Like, they, they know what they have in him, they're going to use him, he's not getting a little minor push, they know what, they, what, they're, what they've got in him, they're going to do a lot of things with him. I still can't get over that move where he's going to, looks like he's going to do, like, a, a scorpion death drop to somebody, but somebody attacks him. So he just Uranagi's that second guy through the first guy. Like that's that's so impressive because he doesn't get he doesn't get to use his hips at all. It's all like right shoulder, and that's all he gets to use. I think it's really cool. I, I, again, I really like him too. I also love that like the way he lost was he had to he face planted doing his own splash, and then Kyle O'Reilly just landed with a knee in his in his spine, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't have like all of his back muscles are seizing up. He can't kick out. He doesn't. Ha- he's actually trying to, but he can't get any force behind it because of his, his back spasming. I think that's a really cool way for him to... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply to go out in that way also he's selling it on twitter with with it with a with a video of the famous thing where like somebody asked mike tyson 
Um, we heard you were hurt. Yeah, I broke my back. My back is broken. It's spinal. <laughs> like he's he's using that as as a as a way to communicate that he's very very much in pain right now, and I like that. Uh, and uh, the match comes to an end uh, basically when uh, um, uh, Cameron Grimes hits the cave in on uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly puts his foot on the rope, but Grimes, being the perfect goof that he is, thinks he won, and it allows Kyle O'Reilly Kyle O'Reilly to slap on a heel hook. And he wins. He is our number one contender for the NXT Championship. The Undisputed Era come out to celebrate, which is fantastic. And Kyle O'Reilly just looks surprised and thrilled and in awe. And Finn Balor comes out. JJ Lee left us a super chat. Thank you very much, JJ Lee. says, I I dig the use of Undisputed Era right now, like the Horsemen. Together, but can do their own things, keeping them fresh, in my opinion. I think that's a very good very good way of seeing it. I, it makes absolute sense to me. And uh, Jamini, excuse me, Jaminsito, Jaminisito. I'm, I am so bad. I apologize. Jaminisito Gomez. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Left a super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, says uh, Kyle beats Finn. Yui breaks up like Evolution. I doubt it, but. Can, but can Kyle, being NXT champ, be a thing? I think it can be a thing. I I, I, I do believe so because he's a fantastic wrestler. But even before that, Alex, we were talking about it a bit before coming on air. The right man won. And we're getting the most interesting match I think that NXT can deliver for wrestling fans right now. Right now, yes. I I, I certainly would not have objected to a Kushida versus Finn Balor match. Yeah. Um we haven't seen Cameron Grimes since he lost in that in that ladder match for the, for the for the vacant North American title. Even that, that seems like a long time ago to to have never actually seen him at all on TV, and then he gets put in this title match, uh, number one contenders match for the top title. Also, as much as I love the guy, uh, Timothy Thatcher lost a, 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 a North American title match last week. He lost to Finn at TakeOver, and he's in this match again to get a shot at Finn for the, North, for the world title, for the NXT title, at a TakeOver as well. Like it, I love Timothy Thatcher, but in kayfabe, the way that you've actually booked him, it does not make sense for him to be in this position. Because you shouldn't have booked him that way. I've said so many times he should be winning matches, but he's been losing matches, putting him in this place. The only guy to come out of this that made real sense was Kyle O'Reilly, which is crazy to say, since, like, it's kind of out of the blue. Kyle O'Reilly has, has, been, a ta- has been a tag guy his entire time in NXT. I love him. I think he's an amazing wrestler. He's a great singles wrestler. But he's o- we've only ever seen him as a tag guy. So there's an amazing opportunity here. If Roderick Strong beats Danny Burch next week, and we get Strong and Fish versus uh, Brizongo at TakeOver, and we get... Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor at TakeOver. We have one odd man out who's the leader of the UE, who's a former champion for, you know, 500 days or whatever the hell it was. Um, And there's lots of implications there should one or both acts become champion and Adam Cole not being. Like, is there jealousy there? Like, is he going to ruin it for for Kyle O'Reilly if Kyle O'Reilly's close to it? Um, Like, how how does that all... There's a lot of intrigue surrounding... The UE, because a lot of things go different ways. Personally, after Adam Cole lost to, to Finn, whenever that was, and became and wasn't the title, the, the Finn became champion. 
I, I thought with that baby face promo he cut afterwards, he was he was headed out. The, him mm-hmm. showing up at the end of the night surprised me. I thought he was basically gone. So there's a lot more stuff that they can do with him. There's a lot more intrigue surrounding uh, the UE than I think that any of us thought possible, but I'm definitely here for it. But so, by the way, that Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly match is going to kick so much ass. At and you know what? You know what the best thing is, and I don't think we've touched on it, is obviously Adam Cole lost to Finn. So... Is he going to want Kyle to beat Finn? Right. Because then he's basically proving Kyle's better than him. Um, And I think having a Undisputed Era member being the first one to challenge Finn is so, like, totally the right idea. And, you know, this, honestly, I don't think I could have picked anyone better. And I probably wouldn't have because it wouldn't have come to mind, Kyle O'Reilly, if he said to me, who should Finn's first opponent be? So, the thought of that is just fantastic, and I'm really, really excited to see that takeover match. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you again, Evan. Says, thought this was good. No Aztec warfare, though. Well, well you know, you're. <laughs> it's a good comparison, but yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But it was a good match. I liked it. Anakin left us a super chat as well. Thank you, Anakin. He says, I wonder what would happen if the big full-sale NXT fans like Izzy, as an example were to speak out against Dream being pushed. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's... They're WWE, not part of the system to begin with, you know, so WWE, I don't know how much impact so... that, kind of, that, that kind of thing would have. I'll just leave it to your thought, Alex. But, I mean, right now, fans are very, very vocal, whether they're big or small, in regards to, to Dream and his shenanigans. So, I don't know what what would be the value added there but go ahead alex yeah uh, wwe uh it's wwe so the answer is no impact it would have no impact whatsoever so that was nxt we're going to move on to aew just before we do keith palmer left us a super chat thank you very much says nugget did you get your kfc no no so here's another i have never had either a kfc or a burger king or a what and i re- or a Burger King. Do you Burger King, yes, Burger King. Okay, well, we don't call it a Burger King. We just call it Burger King, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> um, so I, I t- said this to Adam uh, on the show, and he he was not very happy with me. So he said, I need to order a KFC, but I didn't get one today. No. That's okay. You're, you're not missing much. Anakin left us a super chat, though. He says, hey, you know, speaking about your, your newfound nickname, he says, uh, Owen Hart was a nugget. Right, so that's something to look up to, Louis. Don't 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 worry about it. Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Thank you uh, again. Uh, he says, "Congrats on the W, Louis. Love the weekend show, Alex, and the Raw review might be your best work to date." Thank Warren, you. you're all right, I guess. I, I, I try. Uh, <laughs> AEW was good, so let's go ahead and start talking about it. And folks, you can keep leaving us your super chats. We are going to uh, we're going to uh, continue reading them on the air. And Anakin left us another super chat. Thank you again, Anakin. He says, who won? NXT, AEW tonight, or AEW last night? Because AEW had a killer edition of Dark. I highly suggest you check it out, if only for the match between Ben Carter and Lee Johnson, which was remarkably good. Um, And, of course, they had the late-night Dynamite, which happened after the NBA, where we had Scorpio Sky defeat, said Ben Carter. Uh, in a very good match. Anna Jay uh, submitted Brandy as well. And Sean Spears defeated my, Matt Seidel. So there was some stuff happening 
on that end tonight. But the the, the first match that we got tonight was uh, Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela versus Kip Sabian and the best man, Miro. Now, to begin, to start this one off, Janela cuts a, a, a promo at first uh, uh, telling uh, Kip that uh, he's about to make a mistake marrying, marrying Ford. You know, they used to date. And he says that he and Sonny are on the express to victory. If, unless you've been fo- you haven't been following social media these days. That was a clear jab at one Jim Cornette. But um, we have the match here. Look, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, Louis. I'm going to get go straight for your thoughts. And the reason why is that I thought this was really, really sloppy work from pretty much everyone involved. A rare miss from an opening tag team match on Dynamite, yeah. which is usually uh, Dynamite, uh, for lack of a for lack of a thesaurus handy. Uh, it was absolutely, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. I thought it was sloppy. Um, Miro draw, you know, missed a couple of spots. Everyone, everyone was off their game tonight. It wasn't good. And uh, more than that, the, the reaction wasn't great, but that happens. People can be off their game, whatever. The big thing for me was uh, it just didn't do a lot for Miro. The match was long. It, it Oh, we just lost your audio, Uh-oh. Louis. And it's not me. I'm not touching anything. It says, uh, it said Alex muted me. Was I didn't mean I, to do that. Was I, can I, can I unmute you? Well, we can hear you now. You're okay. No, we can't hear you anymore. Can I unmute? Um, so you can hear me now. I can hear Everything's you. Everything's okay. Let's keep going. Sorry about that. Um, clicked okay. the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it just says a lot about, for me, how AEW books or thinks about Miro. So I, when he came in, I was a bit like, mm, not a great debut. Like it's it's fine, but it the kit it, it, it Kip's been a mid carder for so long, but not even a mid carder, a lower mid carder for so long that bringing him into to team with Miro, I wasn't sure how the dynamic would work. And this for me just didn't work at all. I think this should have been a singles match with a. Uh, Joey, Janela, and Miro, and had just Miro kill him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that would have been far more beneficial for both parties. Janela's great at that. He's fantastic in that role of just being like, hey, I bump a lot. I'm a great seller. Please just murder me. And he makes it look good. So uh, I think that that would work well. For me, I know they're trying to establish his tag team, but the tag division is so stacked. But I can't see them being a top team in the division, and Miro deserves to be part of a top team. So I'd have him uh, do some single stuff. Uh, yeah, this wasn't great, and for me, it it it, it just didn't achieve uh, what it needed to achieve. Eddie Kingston comes out to cut a promo uh, on John Moxley because it was announced earlier today that uh, Lance Archer was uh, not showing up for Dynamite. He had been in contact with people who had tested positive for COVID, so. Good on him and good on AEW for keeping him far, far away, despite the fact that I had changed the plans, moving away from the six-man tag main event that they had between Team Taz and uh, and um, John Moxley, Will Hobbs, and Darby Allen. Um, Kingston comes out, and uh, he kind of picks up the... He, the, he, he re-raises the energy with a great promo, of course, he says that he was never eliminated from 
the Casino Battle Royal. So he deserves his shot against John Moxley tonight. 18 years says that he deserves his shot. He says that he and John uh, were cut from the same cloth, but uh, John sold out and Kingston never did. Stayed with the fighters and the outlaws. Didn't sell his soul to the devil. Calls Mox out. Calls him the sports entertainer. And uh, Mox comes out. Very happy to oblige. To the, and all the officials come out to keep him apart. This was super effective, as they say in those Pokemon games. No, I don't play Pokemon, but yes, this was super effective. Um, it was a fantastic promo from Eddie Kingston. As soon as he came out and he was just full of piss and vinegar, I was like, right, yeah, this is going to be fun. And then uh, he cut a promo that was... Normally, I don't like the WWE shots, but this worked really well, I think, for the storyline. It wasn't just a jab for the sake of making a jab, like Cody hitting a throne. Okay. But it wasn't a WWE jab. It was like a comment on Mox's career, right? It was a 100... You've sold... I I didn't sell my soul to the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a jab at WWE. Oh, well, I, th- come on. The whole thing, he he's telling, he's saying you sold out to this, to the devil. Sure, it's a jab. There's, okay, maybe like a flick at WWE. Oh, but he was, it was no, commentary he, he, on Moxley's career. Come on. He, he literally called them the devil. No, he, he called, it's the, he's talking about, look, I like the shots. So you're barking up I, the wrong I, tree I, here. I, I do too, but like, those are obvious he said Moxley sold his soul to the devil. Who is the devil in that argument if not Vince McMahon? Oh, so it's a shot against Vince and not WWE. Okay, thank well, you for that, I, Alex. Well, Please, okay. Louis. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Is WWE anybody but Vince McMahon? Is that, does, does Vince McMahon work for a different company? I, was, no, I'm sorry. It was a shot of the XFL. I'm I sorry. Don't, I, I'm, I, don't have, I don't have their corporate structure right under my eyes right now, Alex. I can't, I can't speak on that. Right now, Louis, do continue. Um, so yes, these shots or not shots or shots, whatever, whatever we say they were, I normally find them a bit, uh, a bit much, and for the sake of it, but this was perfect. It really suited it, uh, and I think that Eddie Kingston, for the second time, I think one of the WrestleTalk guys tweeted this, for the second time, has successfully built up a pro, built up a title match with a thirty-second promo, mm-hmm. and done it very well it was simple it was effective eddie kingston is legitimately one of the best promos in wrestling and yeah i, I was really into this it get it, it it picked me up after the um the lackluster opener shall we say anakin left us a super chat thank you again anakin uh for the super chat it says louis with the heel turn you don't like pokemon at all now to be fair, I'm going to stick up for my boy Louie here. He didn't say he didn't like Pokemon. He says he doesn't play Pokemon. There's there's, there's a world of difference there. Yep. Yeah, I have no issue with it. There you go. Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Thank you again, Evan. He says, I'd, I'd just like to point out the difference between Eddie Kingston promos and promos we hear on WWE TV. Think it's night and day. I was glued to my TV. Just like Louie said, he's one of the best promos in the business. And he he speaks. Um, the thing he, the thing with him is that he speaks always very earnestly. It comes very very much from a place of passion every time he goes for it. The promos that he cut when he was on in NWA Power, it was the same thing. Every time he speaks, it becomes riveting because he pours himself into what he does. He could not thrive in WWE. He just right now he could not. 
Kenny Omega comes out to do commentary on the Adam Page versus Evil Uno match. Kenny says that this match was offered as a tag team match, first and foremost, the Dark Order versus um, Page and, and Omega. But he says, well, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a fresh match to begin with, which, you know, that's a shot at WWE right there. Uh, but he also... But insists- sorry, the devil was not. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if we have to actually, like be very, very explicit and ram it down your throat, right? It's like, no mention of devils or, you know, the guys in Stamford and stuff like that. All right, cool, cool. So it wasn't a shot at WWE. Fine! I get it. I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying it wasn't a shot. I'm saying it's interesting how you've focused on this being a shot and not Eddie Kingston saying, you sold your soul. I'm saying, oh my God. Kenny insists he's a singles wrestler regardless, right? But we get the match. Uh, this I thought this was a fun match. Uno gets some some offense in. Uh, Paige hits a pump handle, overhead slam into a bridge by deadlifting Evil Uno. The boy may have lost some weight, but he's still a big man. Uh, Uno hits a side slam, Paige with his pescado. Um, back in the ring, uh, Uno hides behind Rick Knox, uh, and sets, uh, which allows, uh, a setup to, uh, for Uno to hit a neck breaker on Hangman Page. Um, Uno drops Page onto the stage and the Docker Order move in menacingly, but Uno sends everyone away. It's like, no, 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 I want to do this on my own. It allows time for Page to recuperate. Slams Uno on the apron. Uno fights back, hits a top rope senton. They slug it out. Page with the running shooting star press, but Uno lifts his knees. He saw that one coming, but it. Uh, but Adam Page brings it all to an end with a power bomb, and the buckshot lariat gets the win. Um, I mean, it's the Adam Page is consistent. He's a workhorse. He puts on fun matches every week. Uh, this was uh, this was no different. Yeah, and the storytelling was exceptional with Kenny coming out, really putting the story over on commentary. You have uh, Hangman clearly looking detached from the breakup. Yeah, the, the, this is fantastic. Uh, it, it, the, the storytelling of it was off the charts. So uh, the match dragged, though. I wasn't that keen on... Like, it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fine. But it wasn't... Didn't really put... Uh, hangman over as one of the top singles wrestlers in the company i guess you have the excuse of um oh he's he's not on his game because of everything that's gone on but yeah he's it sad. wasn't he's a sad cowboy he is a very sad cowboy but uh yeah it, it probably wasn't as uh as uh it probably wasn't wouldn't be the match i would have done and dragged and that was very indicative of the first hour it dragged a lot um, but yeah, this was the storytelling made up for it because the storytelling was very good. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. Again, he says, I'm here for Adam, Adam Ishii hitting lariats everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yes, they, they, they do have they do have that velocity about their strikes, don't they? Tony uh, goes backstage, told Shivani to uh, interview the uh, the young Bucks. You know, and he's sort of nervous as he knocks on the door because he doesn't want to get Alex Marvezd. Uh, but uh, instead, we get um, we get our boy Matt Matt Jackson, who comes out and uh, he says that the, he hopes people sympathize with the young bucks. You know, despite super kicking Mike Posey and Alex Marvez, you know they've they've had a rough a, a rough thing. You know, a rough uh, run of things right now. 
Tony starts asking some questions about FTR. Matt takes offense to them. Asks him, where's your phone? Let me see your phone. Takes uh, Tony's phone and smashes it against the door sill. Tony Schiavone is out of a smartphone. But uh, nonetheless, the, the Matt just throws some money at him and says, go buy yourself a new one. It'll be fine. Look, I'm going to tell you that Matt Jackson, as an insufferable prick, is the best Matt Jackson. I love it. Mm. I love it. Yeah. He's good. But there was a bull. And the bull was being held. And the bull has not been dropped. But the grip on the ball is slowly slipping. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as into the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page stuff as I was pre-All Out. Um, I just, we, we need to see a bit of progression now. Like, I agree. What, what has changed from this week to last week? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So this week, in terms of the elite stuff, if someone would say to me, oh, listen, I couldn't catch Dynamite this week. What should I watch? I wouldn't suggest any of the Elite, FTR, or Young Buck or, or, or Young Bucks and any of that stuff segments because it was very much missable. Not missable, but nothing was progressed. It was perfectly fine television, but nothing progressed. Uh, also, are we supposed to expect the EVPs of the company don't know who Alex Marvez is? I mean, they've said, it, said his name before. I get it was being a bit of a prick, but... Don't know why that, that that just uh got on my nerves uh i found the segment yeah, the segment was fine it, 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 as you say uh prick uh matt and nick jackson are very a very are very good especially matt jackson so yeah i can i can get on board with uh, seeing more of this but hopefully next week with some added wrinkles to it or an interaction with someone else or just something more something of substance mm-hmm um, Orange Cassidy challenged uh, Brody Lee for the TNT title. Um, and uh, early on, Orange Orange Cassidy gets under John Silver's skin as he tries to stomp on his denim jacket, but he's uh, he's on top of that. And even Anna Jay tries to stick up for her, her boys, but instead she gets the Aviators. But that doesn't keep Orange Cassidy from fighting Brody Lee. Of course, he actually does the shin kicks this week. Had been a while. It was nice to see them back. Um, and Lee uh, stomps on one of Cassidy's feet and then slaps him across the face. Cassidy dives uh, onto the Dark Order, uh, but they catch him, which then allows Brody Lee to do a dive onto everyone, and uh, and everyone, of course, crashes. And what I thought was fantastic here was the members of the Dark Order were all on their backs selling the selling the splash, but they were all still applauding. Their exalted one for the fantastic movie just did. I thought that was hilarious. Um, Cassidy, uh, Cassidy's been taking a beating. Can't stand. Uh, he can't stand up on his feet, so Lee can't hit the discus lariat. Or is it because he spent? No, no, no. He mounts a comeback, diving elbows to the floor, avoids some offense from the Dark Order. Uh, Brody Lee blocks the tornado DDT, but Cassidy hits a stunner instead. Um, Brody. Um, Brody hulks up uh, after eating some chest kicks, but and finally the tornado DDT hits. There's an air raid crash, but it doesn't get it done. Silver distracts. There's a power bomb by Brody Lee, followed by the discus discus lariat, and he gets the pin on Orange Cassidy. Before we get to the post match stuff, what did you think of this match, Louis? It dragged. So, 
here's my problem. Orange Cassidy is wrestling far too much for me. This is not why he got over. Mm-hmm. No one went into when Orange Cassidy was really over and was like, you know what I love about Orange Cassidy? His wrestling. And that's nothing against his wrestling because his wrestling is great. But the great thing about him was he didn't care. He wasn't wrestling every week. It was kept to short segments. And I think AEW's gone, he does well in the numbers. Let's put him on every week. And for me, it's losing its charm. So if you see something every single week, it's not special. And now he's just another guy on the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, he's wrestling far too much. And this this match did him no favours. Neither did it for Brody Lee. Uh, but, I mean, coming out of it, uh, as, you, as you'll get on to, uh, I was thinking about very much the post-match. And, uh, and Cassidy did kind of feel like an afterthought. Which, bearing in mind uh, the, the return we, we got, I'm not surprised. Well, let's talk about that. The lights go out after the match. And I'm conditioned to this point. It's retribution. Was it Slapjack that came out? Mace. Uh, T-Bone Steak. T-Bone Steak. Dreadlocks Joe. No. It was Cody Rhodes. Came out sporting black hair. No more blonde. And he just dominates the Dark Order. He just lays everyone out. There's Cody Cutters. And he... He figure fours five, Louis. He figure fours five. Am I the only one who picked up on that? Anyway. Cody Rhodes is back. Big return. Clearly wants to make a statement. After um, after the match, uh, we, get a, we get a segment where Brody Lee is mad as hell. He says, what kind of man, he, 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 he challenges Cody's manhood, right? Says, what kind of man lets his woman post Instagram thirst traps and call me daddy? Like, mm, we're getting into some territory here. He calls him a coward, pulls out a dog collar, and says that he's ready to wrap this around his godforsaken tattoo. Looks, okay, there's Cody, big return, it's big news. Coming back for his title. It smells like a dog collar match. I am all for this, Louis. This was good. With the Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin feud of last year, I want no feud focused around for being focused around dogs or dog collars or any animals for that matter. Uh, I'm fine with keeping my animals away from the wrestling. Um, but no, I mean, the, the return was great. Great to see Cody back. Felt like he's been gone longer than a month, so it was great to see him back and he injected some life into the show. Um, and Brody Lee's promo, damn, what a promo after after commercial break. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that thirst trap line was brilliant. I thought the whole promo, yeah, it was just a very good promo. That uh, yeah, good stuff. It was good stuff. We're glad to see Cody back. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you, Evan. Says John Silver is a national treasure. Big fan of him. But I really think, and I agree, I like him too, but I think uh, BTE, I, th- I think the people who are really into John Silver are people who watch BTE. That's where the magic happens. Because if you just watch him on TV, you'd be like, what is this guy's big deal? Abhinav Tirumala. Oh, but he is a brilliant Oh, you know, for sure. Don't get that. 
And that, I think, hope, I mean, they started as a comedy act, but I could see Silver and Reynolds being a great team in the division because they're fantastically entertaining, particularly Silver. And in the ring, they're just very, very good I as think well. Silver is immensely talented. I'm just talking about what they're doing, like, you know. Of course. Of course. On Dynamite as such. You know, there's they're mostly enhancement talent. Abhinav Tirumala left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says, does Cody have the best entrance in AEW? Yes. He has. No. He definitely has the most entrance <laughs> in AEW. <laughs> also, I will say, uh, him coming back with with the dark hair is a really cool and like it's it, it signifies. Oh, this is somebody different now. Like it's yeah. not the same Cody you saw before. It's a different guy. Also, I, I appreciated the homage to Charlotte Flair with the half-ass figure eight. Like it was a figure six. Matt Hardy and Private Party come out. Uh, uh, Hardy is uh, selling his uh, selling his knee injury. Uh, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. We hope you had a good one. Um, he talks about... So basically, he establishes the fact that he was attacked by someone. Doesn't know who that person was. Uh, he lays out some suspects. He had a confrontation with MJF. He uh, had a talk about... The TNT Championship with Brody Lee, and of course he has his issues with the Inner Circle, uh, and he thinks Jericho is the prime suspect. So that brings Jericho out to basically say, "You know me better than that. I would never do that." Oh, by the way, Sammy Guevara is fine, of course. Um, but um, Matt gets frustrated. There's some because ex- Sammy Guevara was the one we were worried about after that match. <laughs> So, uh, so basically you have, um, so basically you have, um, you have, uh, Chris Jericho saying, you know, Matt, you know me better than that. I never did this. Uh, private parties sort of share the microphone. It sets up a match next week with Chris Jericho versus, uh, Isaiah Cassidy. Louis, I'm really curious to get your thoughts on, uh, on this segment right here. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt too, really. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know what to say. It's it's fine. It'll be, the match next week will be good, and but a great way to get uh, Isaiah Cassidy over, which is fun. Like Mark Quinn had his singles match with Cody, so I guess it's Isaiah Cassidy's turn to have a bit of a a bit of a match against an established star, but. <laughs> I, I don't get Matt Hardy the broken gimmick is brilliant if he's not doing it he just feels like another guy on sure. the roster sure. and I thought he was going I, I, well, I, not even the company was a... but didn't he cut a promo after All Out and say like oh I'm going to be going away for a while when I come back I'll Challenge for the titles, and he just hasn't come back. It's not me wishing him away. Just where's the the sort of consistency? Um, but yeah, if I had to sum this sum this segment up, it would be serviceable. Yeah, I I, I think as much and you know as much as as much as I appreciate Chris Jericho working with the uh, younger talent and putting him over, putting them not necessarily putting them over, but working with them, giving them some shine. Uh, Cassidy versus Jericho next week is not necessarily a selling point for me, but that's that's just me. Oh. Early thoughts 
Who's the mystery attacker? Who took out Matt Hardy, Louis? Since we're having a whodunit now. Chris, Chris Jericho. Well, apparently it's we're not so sure now. Uh, because because we believe Chris Jericho now, do we? Here, I think it's Private Party. That's my twist right there. Well, we'll see. Fair enough. <gasps> oh, what a twist! <laughs> FTR uh, come out next with a, with a promo segment of their own. Uh, with Tully. Basically, Tully here in this promo says, how do you get your tag team champions on TV more often? You get you get rid of the 60-minute time limit rule and you make it 20 minutes. To 20 minutes, uh, a 20-minute brush with greatness is what they're calling it. Um, next week, they're going to be fighting SCU and then after, uh, they were wondering who's going to be their their challengers after that. And they said, you know, Best Friends had an impressive win last week, but that was a glorified backyard match Trent and Chucky come out of course and uh, they say they want the match right now they want the 20 minute match right now FTR seem to agree with it until Cash says we can't do it fairly with you guys you're not 100% take a week off we'll we'll see you soon we can't do it tonight the best friends hug I didn't uh, I didn't I don't know what they're doing quite like I like the idea of oh the 20 minute match for TV <coughs> But the tag champions were already having twenty minute tag. We're, we're already having tag matches on TV, you know, despite the sixty minute rule. I don't know. Um, so that, you know, I, I don't quite get that. Um, I'm looking forward to Best Friends versus FTR. I think it's going to be real good. But Louis, I think they're. I don't think they're doing FTR any favors with these segments week after week. I don't think they're connecting. Again, it was fine. It was fine. There was nothing offensive. There was nothing bad. There was nothing that made me go, oh, like, there was nothing that that was damaging. It was just fine. And, uh, I mean, at least we did get some progression with this, with the Best Friends feud. But the money's in the Young Bucks feud. I I don't really... Like... My, coming out of all that, it was like, all right, let's see where the young butts goes with this. And since then, we've had no character progression, sure. no storyline progression with them and the Bucks and Kenny and blah, 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 blah. I mean, we haven't seen them in the, the Hangman interact in weeks. It would be nice to sort of reignite that. But, um, yeah, it, this was, once again, as, as I said earlier, just a fine segment. Next, we had Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida versus Ivalice and Diamante. Uh, Ivelisse and Diamante attack before the bell and uh, they go right to work on Sheeta, but Sheeta strikes back. Um, Thunder Rosa hits a missile dropkick. There's some cool double-team offense by the babyfaces. Uh, and uh, even at some point, Sheeta suplexes Ivelisse into Diamante, who's uh, against the uh, against the bottom turnbuckles, which was really cool, followed by Meteora by Rosa. Um, the uh, Diamante goes for... A, or at least sets up to do a code red, but Thunder Rosa breaks it up with a Death Valley driver, and Sheeta hits the Falcon Arrow, but Ivelisse breaks up the pin. Finally, it's the running knee by Sheeta who will get the pin here because her knees are completely and totally lethal. Um, I thought this this was pretty good. I thought it was, of course, a step up from what happened 
last week. I don't think anyone was... I think everyone was on a much more level playing field here. Um, what did you think about the match, Louis? Yeah, it, it was, again, as we said last week, long women's match on Dynamite, which is mm-hmm. great. Women given time, which is great. A story going into it, which is great. So no complaints on that end. The, the action was good. Thunder Rosa is fantastic. I think they're going to build to a match between her and Hikaru Shida at the anniversary show, potentially for the NWA women's title. So Thunder Rosa can get her win back. And then maybe a unification match or a title versus title match later down the line. Um, I'm glad yeah, they're not done with good it stuff. personally. No, me too. I mean, while the women's division is does make you think, what was that thing with Nyla Rose a couple of weeks ago where Sheeta and Rose seemingly started a feud? That just seems random. But I'm happy that we're going to get more Rosa and Sheeta. Maybe potentially AW and NWA hadn't worked things out yet. And then now that they have and they've got Thunder Rosa back uh, sort of on a more on a more regular basis, they can, they can sort things out. But yeah, I was happy to see this. And uh, Thunder Rose is fantastic. So thumbs up. John Moxley successfully defended the AEW World's Championship against Eddie Kingston. I like this match because it was two guys who just wanted to beat the tar out of each other. And that's exactly what we got. And I was in for it. They started slapping each other. The the chops that they were delivering each uh, on each other at the start were absolutely brutal, but also fantastic. Until uh, Mox clotheslines Kingston down. They brawl onto the floor. Kingston dumps the timekeeper's table on Mox. Mox suplexes Kingston on, on the floor. Uh, they fight over the barricades. Back in the ring, they start chopping on each other some more. Mox dives to the floor, suplexes Kingston on the floor again. Kingston power bombs Mox off the top uh, off the turnbuckle, and Mox avoids the pin by a smidge. Kingston hits a pair of backdrop drivers and gets another really close pinfall. But Moxley gets the sleeper hold uh, locked in and into the bulldog choke, and uh, Kingston passes out. And uh, and uh, that was your match. After the match, the Lucha Brothers come out uh and start uh and start beating down on uh Moxley Will Hobbs is not not gone yet he comes out to say, to 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 try and save Darby Allen comes out as well but that draws out Ricky Starks who spears Darby Allen into next week and the heels are just beating the holy hell out of everyone um you know what? I like this. Maybe wasn't the greatest AEW main event, but this was this was exactly my speed. I like the finishing angle. Let me know what you think about all of this, Louis. Yeah, great match. Hard hitting. What you'd expect from Ambrose and, uh, Ambrose <laughs> Moxley and Kingston. Uh, yeah, definitely not Ambrose. Uh, I mean, is that a, we is that can... a shot at WWE that you just took there, or are you, or is it a shot at his career? Like, I'd like to know. It's a shot at it being 4.37 a.m. And I am ready for bed. <laughs> um, but no, it, it was a great match. Hard hitting. Uh, it was great to see Eddie Kingston in a world title match on national TV. Fully deserved. Uh, they they built this up over a week. I'd like to see what they could do over four. Heading into a pay-per-view or a dynamite. So that was great. Um, yeah, 
good stuff. And the match made sense. It wasn't a title match for the mm-hmm. sake of it. He wasn't eliminated from the Battle Royal. He'd have been saying it before. I guess it was kind of fortunate for AW that with Lance out, they had a, a world title match to promote while not artificially forcing it in. It made sense, which worked for me. Um, the match was good. The closing sequence by not having Eddie Kingston pass out was great. But as I said, with the Brian Cage and the Brody Lee, only so much of these, I'm not going to tap out, but I don't win the match. I either pass out or someone throws in the towel. Once they happen a lot, and they've happened in three of uh, three of uh, Moxley's last five title defenses, once they happen a lot, they do lose their their uh, yep. appeal and their their speciality. So having this, would this have worked better and been more emphatic if he hadn't done the same thing to Archer and uh, to Cage and Brody Lee? A hundred percent. But I guess each time they've had a reason to do it. Um, but yeah, this was good. And then the post-match was great. The heels getting the win. I'm not sure what it's leading to, but maybe a massive match. Who knows? Uh, but Will Hobbs is spine buster. That's all I thought about. Crazy. Damn, that man can hit a spine buster. I think I, I think you spoke about Fabian Eichner's. I haven't caught it yet, but I bet it was nowhere near as good as Will Hobbs is because Will Hobbs just it's just great. And it was great to see him still in the main event, even though his match was cancelled. Did feel bad for him, obviously. For, for the others, they'll get opportunities like this, and they've had them before. But for Will Hobbs, it was his first on the real main event scene. So um. It was a shame for him, but still great to see him. Uh, they kept him in there, uh, pushed to yeah, this level. I agree. So yeah, it was it was a good ending to what was a fine show. Uh, definitely the not as good as last week. I think AEW have got this weird trend where the live shows aren't great. They're very good. They're, they're good TV. They're, they're not raw bad. No. But they're not AEW high standards. And then the tape shows are often significantly better. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the tape show next week. Uh, with yeah, we, 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 and that should be good. Eloquent left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Eloquent says Eddie Kingston chops greater than greater than greater than greater than. And then there's nothing. You see what yeah. that means? You see, see but they were fantastic. Uh, Evan Wright left us another super chat. Thank you, Evan. Says Thunder Rosa tribute to Animal with her face paint. Yeah, that's right. Was a nice, uh, a nice little touch there. And uh, well, and that's uh, that's how we're going to wrap it up this week. We're going to wrap it up with one last super chat, actually, from Donovan Dijak can't eat pie. Thank you very much. Leaving a super chat saying, as usual, you three are. <laughs> Very good in regal face. It was a very good. I guess that's how it should be delivered. Um, so thank you everyone for watching. Louis, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up? Where can people follow you on social media and stuff? At the Louis Dangor. I had an interview got today on the Wrestle Two channel with Matt Seidel. Seidel. He talked about his AEW debut, the Shooting Star Press botch. He spoke about turning down a WWE return. He spoke about the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournaments. There was a lot of good stuff in there. And I've got an exclusive coming tomorrow on... Uh, on yeah, that, that's all I'll say. I've got an exclusive coming tomorrow, which I will share on my Twitter. So head on over and check that one out. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for your uh, not setting this stream live before it... Uh, before it... Uh, before we were due. 
And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing this stream with the Quizzlemania champion. Well, you're very welcome, Nugs. Not a problem. Alex, what have you got cooking for us this week? Oh, I just love pie. I would love to eat some pie. Oh, let me tuck into this nice pie. Oh, no, I can't eat the particles in my mouth. Oh, no. Uh, that's my impression of uh, that guy's name on, on the chat, uh, which is hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps. Uh, I got a, a special edition of Sour Graps coming to you uh, tomorrow night, which is a full, um, full Q&A session. About, I've seen a lot of the Qs. They're going to have some interesting A's, let me tell you. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so be sure to follow to, to follow Alex on, on uh, Twitter as well at Alex Sour Grabs. And subscribe to Fightful Select if you want to see all of these great reviews in the Q&A session and all that stuff coming up. There's a lot of good stuff there. Great way to show support for Fightful. And hey, if you want to, uh, at the same time, head on over to YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes and subscribe to my own YouTube channel. I do stuff there as well. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.